Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Here we are in March, (laughs) midway through March now, just past that occasion, which is considered a holiday, which is known as St. Patrick's Day. Here we are in this time of the year, still in winter, in much of the world, as in where I am. And of course, this is the time of year that ushers in the spring. This is pre-spring, but this is not post-winter in so much of the world. Of course, there are places in this world that there are, are only two climate periods of the year, right? The dry season and the wet season, or what have you. But in those parts where that is not the case, there may be variety, maybe four seasons, maybe three seasons, maybe two. There may be winter and then everything else. But in any case, once upon a time in the United States of America, March actually was considered-ish the beginning of the year, okay? (laughs) It was understood, not just in the United States of America, but around the world, that this was supposedly the beginning of the year. Incorrectly, I might add. Times have changed. Months have changed. The calendars are a mess, but spring is actually further on, April and on into May and what have you. But the presidential election, the presidential inauguration was timed differently. Of course, the presidential elections did not go on for Months and months and months and months and months. They were comparatively brief affairs, which is not to say they were not bloody affairs, so to speak. But St. Patrick's Day. What is it? What is St. Patrick's Day? Is it a holiday? A holy day? Holidays. (laughs) A holiday is just another way of pronouncing of writing and pronouncing Holy Day. But St. Patrick's Day, how do you view that? Now, during the past year and a third or so, of course, there has been this pandemic lockdown and what have you around the world. It was one thing to finally belatedly recognize it as being actually constituting a pandemic. It's another for the leftist forces to have seized on the opportunity (laughs) to foist tyranny upon the peoples of the so-called free world. Certainly within the United States of America, but throughout Britain and Europe and the rest of the world. It's one thing for communist Chinese regime 
to do such things. It's another for the rest of the world to follow in lockstep. But these are enlightened times, after all. And it has been exactly what the doctor ordered for the leftists who have tried everything else. Climate change, global climate change, global warming, this terrible, horrendous thing that we need, not national initiatives, but worldwide cooperation (laughs) at the point of a gun in order to resolve these perplexing problems. And of course, prior to that, population out of control, right? And then all of the other things that have been tried, what have you. But we have to have global solutions to deal with pollution and runaway population and global climate change and crime, local crime. We need global solutions and drugs, drug trafficking, and all the other myriad things. And they have all failed. They have all fallen short. But pandemic, aha, that has been very successful. But back to St. Patrick's Day, St. Patty's Day. St. Patrick's Day has been a bit different, hasn't it, during the past year and a quarter? I know it sounds strange to say that. I should just say year. But to bring it into context with regard to this pandemic, we need to go back further than a year, even though St. Patrick's Day was just the other day and the year before that. So St. Patrick's Day was quashed, right? It was, it has been greatly nullified, neutralized. But what was St. Patrick's Day? What was the celebration prior to that? What was it known for? Was it known for holy observance? Is that what it was known for? Or was it known instead for Hilarious celebration, drunken revelry, partying hardy. Not exclusively, okay? It was also known for fun and games. For young and old and what have you. But it was definitely associated with drunken revelry carousing, partying hardy. In other words, exactly diametrically opposite and contrary to the man that it's named for, the man known as St. Patrick. Patrick Patricius, the Brit, who as a teenager was kidnapped by Irish pirates taken to Ireland, enslaved for six years, half a dozen years until he escaped and fled back 
to Britain across the Irish Sea. But when he returned to his family, he informed them that he was going to be going back, returning to whence he had just come from, where he had been enslaved, brutalized, feared for his life. Because God had visited him, had enlightened him, had saved him, converted him, and was leading him to return eventually to Ireland and to serve the Lord, which he did. Courageously, self-sacrificially, faithfully, and fruitfully. What does that have to do with the price of eggs? What does that have to do with today? Really? Well, interestingly enough, in the times in which Patrick lived, it was the end of the 4th century, when he was a boy, a youth. And he served God in pagan Ireland (laughs) during the 5th century. But what was going on at this time in the world, in the great world? No, not in China. Not in Russia, not in the overwhelming majority of Africa and Latin America and everywhere else. Latin America meaning South America, not Spain, not to be confused with Spain. What was going on in Europe? It was the ending of an empire. Not the entire Catholic Empire, but the Roman Catholic Empire, the Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire, the Western Roman Empire was coming to a close for a number of reasons, decay within. Massive dilution of loyalty, fealty to the Roman Empire within due to massive immigration. (laughs) Assimilation was the idea, but assimilation did not take place. And then warfare from without. But The Roman Empire, it was always corrupt. Oh, well, I thought it became Christian at some point in time. And interestingly enough, some brilliant historians have claimed that that is what caused the end of the Roman Empire was the Christian influence. No. 
No, what caused the end of the Roman Empire was paganism, heathenism, hedonism, idolatry, worship of false gods. But strangely enough, again, those same historians, they claim that with the end of the Roman Empire, the world was thrown, cast into the Dark Ages. Oh, it was so bright, and it was so lustrous and glittering and whatever when it was the Roman Empire. The bloody, gory, horrible Roman Empire. (laughs) But oh, it was the Dark Ages after that. Well, interestingly enough, this is when Patricius, who would become known as Patrick and later St. Patrick, was born, raised, And then as a young teenager, kidnapped and enslaved along with many of his family's servants. He was Roman nobility in Britain, of all things. But he was stolen away by Irish pirates. Oh, pirates are so glorious, aren't they? And enslaved. But interestingly enough, even as the world supposedly descended into the Dark Ages, God sent Patrick back to the land he had been enslaved in. What about British Lives Matter, you know? What's he doing? What kind of fool is he? What kind of crazy man? Who's been so horribly traumatized for six years after he has recovered, recouped, prayed to God, studied the word of God, he goes back to the land of his captivity to minister to not just all Irish people, but even his captors, specifically. During what times did he do this? During the so-called Dark Ages, he brought light to Ireland. He brought the light of God, the life of God, the word of God, the truth of God to a hopelessly pagan land. Pirates, druids, Witchcraft, superstition, of course. Suffering, great suffering. And want. 
and need. And Patrick toiled and suffered for the sake of these people. who like himself were suffering. But he suffered more specific ways. Threats of murder, of kidnap, of enslavement again. So how is it that we have St. Patrick's Day be a comparatively degenerate excuse of a holiday. How is that? How is that possible? It's incredible. But what does that have to do with today? And it really has everything to do with today. Here we are, whether you are in Britain, Canada, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Southern Europe, Northern Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, whether you're up in Scandinavia, in the icebox there, or whether you are down in Northern Africa or in Southern Africa, South Africa, wherever, or South America, The new Roman Empire is coming to an end. What took the place of the Roman Empire is coming to an end. But ironically, what is going to take the place of the free world, so-called, of former Christendom? What's going to take the place of it? Astoundingly enough, it will be the last empire that will rise up out of the ashes, as it were, of the Roman Empire. No, not within the United States, per se, or Britain, or Northern, Eastern, Western Europe, but think in terms of Southern Europe. Southern Europe, a rather impoverished place, isn't it? Right? The unemployment rate prior to the pandemic, prior to, in Spain, was at least 25% from what I read. Maybe that was wrong. Maybe that wasn't pinpoint accuracy. But that's what I read. And that among young men, it was 50% or so. Italy suffering economically, badly. Europe, brilliant Europe, being buoyed up by, of course, Germany. (laughs) Germany that was responsible for so much of this via, of course, the European Union and what have you. But Think in terms of where there is comparatively very little wealth, 
and very little power and not much influence. At this time and over the past however many years, yes, I know there's Vatican City in Rome, there's the papacy, the wonderful institution that has done so much for mankind. But what about St. Patrick? You know, wasn't he Catholic? Well, there have been good and godly servants of God throughout Catholic history. But the Catholic institution has been something else again for the overwhelming majority of that time. But there is going to be. You don't need to take my word for it. I am totally fine with your not taking my word for it. But there is going to be a rising of a regime that shall be the last vestiges, the last Reich of the empire that began as the Chaldaic Babylonian Empire, which was overthrown by the Medes and the Persians. And then Alexander, with his Macedonian Grecian forces overthrew the Median Persian Empire and swallowed that up. And then, of course, he fell. He was felled because, well, I won't get it off into that, but, but because of his making himself to be a god. And the Roman Empire eventually rose in the place and took over as much of the Grecian Empire as it cared to. (laughs) And it left some out there and it expanded other directions, northwest, principally. But... Then the Western Roman Empire fell, leaving the Eastern for another millennium. But now, now as former Christendom, the so-called free world, in the midst of all of its decadence, its decay, its corruption, its leftist despotism, as it falls, it shall be supplanted, replaced by the last Reich of that empire. Well, empires come and go. You know, what's, what's so special about that? What's so important about that? 
Well, even though power-hungry, lustful, bloody leaders have sought world empire, worldwide empire, throughout the ages, they have never succeeded. But they're going to. This one will succeed in circumnavigating the world. Taking over, swallowing up the entire world. And as I've mentioned before, as I've mentioned that before, but as I've also mentioned before, the last free nation standing shall be tiny Israel. What a ridiculous thing to say. I wouldn't say it if it weren't in the Bible. (laughs) But the corruption, the perversity, the depravity, the wickedness of the regimes in power in the United States of America, in Canada, in Britain, throughout Europe, not just bloody communist China and bloody communist North Korea and Putin's Russian Federation and in Zimbabwe and elsewhere, but the depravity, the evil being foisted the perversity, the destruction of children, the willful, wanton, monstrous, sadistic, satanic destruction of children and young people being engaged in, supported, funded with taxpayer dollars by the United States of America's federal regime and state regimes and the Brits and the rest, is the darkest of dark ages that there has ever been. Oh, these were the best of times. These were the worst of times. These are the worst of times. But with this proviso, with this caveat, times will get darker precipitously. Before I continue, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, unworthy, that is on me. That is due to me. That is my fault. But St. Patrick, so-called, Patricius, Patrick, he served God in a dark time, not because revisionist historians and so forth want to label it this way or that way, but because it was dark. It wasn't dark because of the fall of the Western Roman Empire. 
It was dark because of the absence of the truth of God, of the righteousness of God, of the Word of God. It was dark because of the depravity, the evil. Of mankind. Oh, but all people, I like to believe that all people are basically good. All people are inherently good. (laughs) Well, human history rather, you know, militates against that. But if that is, you know, comforting, comforting, comfortable for you to believe that, to (laughs) choose to embrace that lie, you are free to do so. The thing about this wide, wonderful world is that it does not require the overwhelming majority of people to be evil to make the world evil. A case in point, a small case in point, but in the former Soviet Union, in communist China, in any communist regime there's ever been, It is a minority group of people that comprise the Communist Party, that are permitted in the Communist Party. So too with the Nazis. Every fascist movement is a minority movement. Every socialist movement, yes, they make use of, of the blind, ignorant, unwashing masses, (laughs) even as they make use, strategic use, of the intelligentsia, of academia, the academicians, the journalists, the reporters, the media. The literary giant. And so forth. But it does not require an evil majority to make an evil world. Patrick was used by God to free people from internal shackles, if not external. During a time of great suffering and darkness. Ironically, of course, Druidism, Druidry has made a great comeback in the enlightened nations. Right? In Ireland and Britain and Europe, in the United States of America. Witchcraft, druidry, druidism, whatever you want to call it. One of the favorite themes in entertainment, and what have been for the past, goodness, (laughs) couple decades, it seems like, zombies. Witchcraft, werewolves, vampires. 
But not just those, but then good vampires. Good werewolves. Good witches. And presumably good zombies. And, you know, and the whole bunch. I've mentioned before that horror, the horror genre, is the number one most profitable movie genre. Horror. Just unspeakable, really. But it is true. Impossible, but true. So what kind of movies are produced? What kind of stories or books are published? You know, there are... There is this idea, there is this truism, which is false, but this lie, this great lie that, well, the screenplays that get produced, the scripts that get made into movies, the books that get published. They are the ones that the producers and the publishers think will make the most money. Well, you know, I mean, that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? But it is, if there is any truth to it, and there is some, it is a half-truth at best. Because as long as certain producers, such as almost all of them, So long as certain publishers, almost all of them, almost all of the major publishers, of which there is a decreasing number, (laughs) so long as they are on board with what is being promoted, what the narrative is, what is being pushed, they will get behind losers. They will get behind loss leaders and pour money in. Oh, well, they can write it off, you know, as a a loss. As long as it's promoting what they like. So, yes, for the most part, you know, they have to balance this out with movies and books that make money. But they will very gladly get behind projects they believe in. Well, what's wrong with that? I mean, really, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with supporting causes that you believe in? What is inherently wrong with that? Nothing. Except that the causes they believe in are evil. Minor point, hardly worth mentioning. So when it comes to promoting evil, they will go ahead and do that, even if there is, in their view, very scant likelihood of making a profit like they make with bloodlust horror movies. They will make these. Productions. 
And then there are others that get made, that get produced, that get published because they like them, because they are sufficiently morose and moribund and morbid and depressing and that sort of thing, which critics can really appreciate, you know, can receive critical acclaim. This is true in movies. This is true in books. And this is true in streaming service, programming, and what have you. But for the most part, the focus is on programs and books that will make money and or programs and books that indoctrinate, that propagandize, that push certain narratives forward, which I've spoken of before, evil narratives. And evil-adjacent narratives, like gateway drugs. (laughs) There are the explicitly evil narratives. Every facet of the sodomite agenda. Induced abortion. Euthanasia. And on it goes. Feminism is actually, (laughs) it is, in point of fact, not an individual agenda. It is one that spans other agendas. But then there are, and it is, (laughs) it is kind of a gateway drug, (laughs) It opens up the floodgates for other things. So too with interracial marriage, interracial romantic relationship, interracial sexual relationship. It is not evil in and of itself. It is a gateway drug to say the mores of the past are wrong, discriminatory, bad. You need to cast away all former beliefs and norms and mores and so forth. But Patrick came on the scene as the Roman Empire crumbled and fell. And he was used by God. There I go using that term again. Shame on me. He was used by God to reach the lost. Not like some miserable televangelist prostituting the gospel of Christ. No, not like that. 
what is uh, commonplace in the United States of America and the free world of today. But, no. And here we have this brave new world that is so enlightened. It is so advanced. We are so terribly progressed. And thus, progressives. We have evolved. Have we really? Tell me, can you swim in the ocean without under the water? Can you swim in the ocean under the water without scuba tanks? Without a snorkel, without a rebreathing device? Can you do that for hours on end and days and what have you? Can you? Well, can you fly without aircraft, without lighter than air <laughs> aircraft? without a hang glider, without anything else, can you fly? And if not, why not? Can you run as fast as a horse? Probably not. Probably not. But, oh, we have evolved. Oh, yes. Just amazing how we have evolved. We've become so brilliant. We have become so brilliant, so intellectual that our preferred forms of communication, at least for so many people, are Twitter, tweeting via Twitter, using social media for, oh, depending on what nation you're in, if you're in Asia, 10 hours a day. <laughs> on your smartphone devices and communicating via ghetto rap and hip-hop and other profane, obscene, so-called art and music. Now, these are not the times of be thou my vision, my Lord and my God. Instead, these are the enlightened, brilliant, advanced times. When it is acceptable, it has been for decade upon decade upon decade to spew out obscenity, profanity, vileness, lewdness, murderous, rapacious, horrible pollution throughout the cities and the towns and the communities and the suburbs and what have you. Disturbing the peace? What is that? <laughs> yes. Wonderful. These times in which 
we live. The fall of the Roman Empire may seem like that's just old hat. That is just, you know, that's way back there. That doesn't have relevance for us. That doesn't have application for us. I've mentioned before about dying planets. You know, what purportedly causes planets to die? Oh, the core solidifies or it heats up, overheats, you know. But what truly causes planets to die? Who can cause planets to die? What causes people to die? What causes civilizations to die? It's not what Hollywood would have us believe. (laughs) No. It's not what some sci-fi bestsellers would have us believe. No. I've mentioned time and again, and I'm going to mention it again. A couple quotes from the late, great Joseph Pulitzer, whose name adorns the Pulitzer Prize for journalism. Journalistic excellence. Quote, Our republic and its press will rise or fall together. An able, disinterested, public-spirited press with trained intelligence to know the right and courage to do it can preserve that public virtue without which popular government is a sham and a mockery. A cynical, mercenary, demagogic press will produce in time a people as base as itself. The power to mold the future of the republic will be in the hands of the journalists of future generations, end quote. That quotation, it is emblazoned, it is proudly displayed on a plaque at the press club in Washington, D.C. These ideas, these are just such old-fashioned ideas, don't you think? A press with trained intelligence to know the right and courage to do it. To know the right? Since when? Who is to say what is right and what is true? How dare you? How arrogant of you to claim to know what is true, what is right. Nothing is true. Nothing is right. Everything is relative. Right? Nothing is right or true except what the leftists 
the tyrannical despots say is right or true. You find this running like a raging torrent through America's history, among other places. The indoctrinators, the propagandists, as was true in Nazi Germany, as has been true in every communist regime, They crush and destroy the truth. They crush dissent. They replace the truth with their lies. So that the good is made out to be evil and the evil made out to be good. And that is where it has come to in the United States of America of today and in Canada and in Britain and throughout Europe. And in Australia, and New Zealand, and elsewhere around the globe. Pulitzer went on to say not only that this press with trained intelligence to know the right and the courage to do it. What a concept. That it could preserve Public virtue. Public virtue? What's that about? You know, I mean, really. Public virtue. Public virtue supposedly is independent of private virtue. You know, how many times have we been told, have we been taught, that private immorality has no bearing on public Discourse on public behavior, on public policy, on public governance, on public judgment and rulership, right? No bearing. Public virtue. Who is to say that the sodomite agenda is not virtuous? Because, of course, we're being told that, taught that we have for so long now, and the little children believe it. They've been carefully indoctrinated. Deliberately, maliciously, malevolently indoctrinated and propagandized. A cynical, mercenary, demagogic, pandering, you could say, press will produce in time a people as base as itself. And it has. The times which Patrick found himself in were times darker and more dire, seemingly, than those of today. But in fact, the back of the Roman Empire was broken. And it would be ruled by various feudal kings and what have you. 
and other empires would rise. And again, the Eastern Empire continued for another millennia. But in his seemingly small way, this one man who went back to the land that he was kidnapped to and enslaved in, and he brought life from God, we are faced with similar times. But instead of a dark nation, a dark country, it shall be a dark world. And indeed it is. And it's getting darker every day, every hour. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you.